0: This is College Hockey Southwest Weekly, your source for college hockey in the desert southwest, part of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com family.
1: It is another College Hockey Southwest Weekly podcast. Scott Strandy live in Scottsdale, Arizona. Paul Hornstein live on Long Island in New York. I'm getting good at this. I'm really starting to enjoy it, Paul. Yeah.
2: Well, uh, Listen. <laughs> There's a lot of people that will take you to task if you get it wrong. So, oh, I, uh, <laughs> I, just,
1: I know. Okay. So, anyway, welcome in. It's uh, it's still July. We haven't hit August yet, but we do have hockey on the ice.
2: Hockey on the ice. News all over the place. Uh, just uh, the opposite of what we were talking about last week when I said there wasn't a whole <laughs> lot going on. Uh, we got enough stuff in here for two or three shows today. So,
1: yeah, absolutely. Well. Before we we jump into it, let's throw it out there that part three of my interview with Coach Powers is going to be up. Uh, you probably know the length of it longer than I do. I'm saying around 10 minutes, maybe a little more, something, something like in
2: that. that. Neighborhood, yeah.
1: But we'll we'll have that uh, inserted into the show today. So you and I will start things off and talk a little bit about uh, you know the guys getting together, the uh, the roster as it looks right now. We'll talk about the start of the trip to China. Then we'll lead into Powers, give him a chance to talk about his. Uh, his summer and uh, the trip to China, and then we'll wrap it up with uh, a little bit about this roster and what we think. And I've got a couple of bold predictions. I know you're gonna love. So, first okay. and foremost, th- throw me some news and notes out there. What do you want to talk about first?
2: Oh gosh, uh, there's all kinds of things. When 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 the coach talks about uh, himself being busier in the off season than he is during the season, oh, uh, he's back. not really kidding. Uh, I no. mean, no, no. <laughs> He, you know, besides all the recruiting stuff, last week they had a coaching symposium and he was giving a lecture at that in Toronto. Uh, you may have seen some stuff on Twitter about that. Um, they hired a new director of hockey operations, uh, Andrew Matheson. Now you uh, know the young man, have met I the young man. Actually, known
1: as Mellon. Okay, and he likes to be called <laughs> Mellon. So
2: okay, um... welcome aboard, Mellon.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I don't wanna know. <laughs> uh, and he's been aboard for, for those that don't know. He's been a volunteer assistant working with goaltenders uh, the last, uh, well, since they started the program. So, uh, congratulations to Melon. It's great to have official title. And I think he's earning a paycheck now, too, not just volunteer. So, congratulations on that. And anytime you can uh, do what you love and get paid to do it, why not, right?
2: Yeah, well, you know, and so uh, they'll just throw some extra stuff on his plate. And right. uh, you know he's a young guy; he can handle it. You know he's got to be what <laughs> mid mid to late twenties. You know
1: well he just graduated like from uh, from your alma mater at ASU, so oh. he's uh, fresh off the books.
2: Fresh off the books and on the books, keeping it in the <laughs> right. family, you know, and uh, going from there. So congratulations, Melon. Uh, we know you'll do a good job. Um, I had to ask somebody what a director of hockey operations was i had to ask uh mitch Terrell the the sports information director for hockey what they do and he threw a list at me so long it's just it'll be a whole show just for that so (laughs) but needless to say he does a lot of everything so uh congratulations everything that
1: the program does
2: yeah so good luck for that and uh you know as they get ready to go to this trip or on this trip um there's been that all summer as well and um you know not to mention getting set up for uh, a couple of weeks of practice thrown in with their uh academy uh where they get the young campers in so uh
1: this weekend which will be fun i always get out there and do that because i like to see how the players the ncaa players interact with the younger kids they'll actually be coaching them and coach powers will be kind of overseeing the whole thing so it's a lot of fun to see that interaction i know it means an awful lot to coach powers to have it so the academy is going to be fun uh this weekend uh as you mentioned the guys were on the ice I had a chance to uh, watch practice and and uh, jump into the press conference on tuesday and get some uh questions answered from the coach to get some questions from brinson Paschnuk, uh the captain of this year's team again and then, of course, the only Chinese-born player on the roster, um, Peter Zong, had some things to say, too, about this upcoming trip. But one of the things I thought was kind of cool is uh, Brinson said, it's going to be exciting for us because I don't think anybody on our, our team has been to China except for one, and he's from China.
2: <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, so um, – and, and, and good for him, good for Peter. Um, yeah, he'll be – get a chance, even if they are only exhibition games – He'll get a chance for his friends and his family to get to see him play uh, in person. Uh, obviously, the guys, the rest of the guys on the team, get that chance if not on a regular basis, once in a while. Um, but to be that far away from home um, and get to your friends to see you play, uh, especially your first games uh, as a collegiate. as a as a collegiate player even if it's just an exhibition game, good for him. Uh, I hope he you know, enjoys it. I hope he takes advantage of the opportunity because uh, these games might be exhibition games, and we know we can sit here and we can look at the roster and we can sit here and say that uh, this guy or that guy uh, will be in the lineup on a regular basis. But there are about 8 to 10 players on this roster that will be scratching and battling every shift uh, to stay in that lineup. And that starts with that first game against uh, Kunlan on the China trip uh, where they're going to have to put it on the line with every shift. All right. So – We'll get into the the roster
1: as it is right now. We'll get into the schedule too after we have our little visit with uh, with Coach Powers. But before we get to that, a couple of things that I want to make note of from the uh, the press conference, which was was kind of neat, is that Peter Zong told me that the games will be played ten minutes from his home. That's and, great. Uh, and, that's and he great. goes, "Yeah, my family knows where the arena is. I'm going like, ten <laughs> minutes away. I bet they do." So yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah, he was excited about that, and then like I said, uh, the other thing that I thought is uh, one of the other reporters in the conference asked him what most of the most of his teammates were asking him about the trip, and he said, "Well, they were asking about currency," and I was going like, "The currency kind of going, yeah, that's that's a college kid right there," yep, and then secondly, secondly, he said they were asking him about the food, and he said, "No disrespect." No disrespect, but the Chinese food in America is below them.
2: <laughs> I thought <laughs> listen, that was hilarious. Listen, I, 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 I uh, totally get it. Um, <laughs> one of the things about the job, you know, my regular job that I have uh, as an educator. Do you have a regular job, too? We don't really want to – we don't really talk about that. <laughs> you know, it's like Fight Club. We don't talk about Fight Club. That's the number one okay. rule. Um, but obviously uh, – Being a New York City teacher, I see all the ethnicities. Oh, I'm sure you do. And food is part of the regular conversation. And (laughs) every student basically says, yeah, the food that we get back home or the food we get where my family is from is completely different than the stuff you get on a food truck and (laughs) wherever. (laughs) You know, and I said, yeah, I get it. I know. Um, So... But I knew that would be one of the questions they'd ask. It was money and food. That's,
1: yeah, that's a gift. Absolutely. All right. So. so we'll take a let's take a quick break. Let's bring Coach Powers in, and then uh, we'll come back, and we'll talk a little bit about what's been happening this first few days of camp. Okay. We'll be right back with our uh, final segment with Coach Powers on the uh, – Road to uh, China, I guess, from ASU Sun Devil Hockey to China and back. We'll be right Free back.
2: game like
0: a pro, post-game like a champion at College Bar and Grill. Located across the street from the iconic A Mountain and Sun Devil Stadium and a quick walk from Wells Fargo Arena, College Bar and Grill is your home for the best local craft beer, delicious creative cocktails, tasty food, and Tempe's best atmosphere for Arizona State Athletics. College Bar and Grill. Pre-game like a pro, post-game like a champion. Online at ilovecollege.co.
1: All right, so let's see. We've covered last year. We've covered development camp. Must be time to talk about what's going on. And, you know, I don't know if everybody was as shocked as I was to see that you guys were planning a a summer trip but going to China, but... uh, you know, I got wind that maybe you you made a trip there earlier in the year, and I thought, hmm, maybe,
0: maybe there's something going on here. But this quick, this fast, how excited are you about going to China to play hockey? It's, it's a tremendous opportunity. I think hockey's the vehicle that's allowing us to go to China, but the cultural experience that our guys are going to get, the team building and bonding that will take place um, by coming in earlier collectively as a group, going through a training camp before we go, 'cause different rules apply because they're out of school. So we can really dial these guys in. But uh, just, just going and, and and seeing a part of the world that that ninety percent, ninety five percent of our guys would never go to if they didn't get this opportunity through through our program. So I think that's a special um, it's a special opportunity for every one of our guys in that regard. And the hockey side of it will be a lot of fun. You know, we're in a tournament and so we get to compete for a trophy early in the year and, and, and evaluate where we're at. You know, I mean, there are five, four to five exhibition games. We can try different combinations. We can look at different power play units. We can tweak some things and, and, and not feel the pressure because they don't really count. So um, it's a huge advantage from a competitive standpoint as well. But we're going to go and just focus on having a lot of fun. All right. Tons of questions regarding it. But the first one is Peter Zong.
1: He's, uh, he was a redshirt for you last year. He's uh, of Chinese descent, so I've, I've heard rumor that he's going to be playing with a Chinese team, or is he going to be playing with you?
0: Well, originally we were going to play the Chinese national team, right. um, and he was going to play for them one game, but now that it's a tournament and they're not in the tournament, he'll be with us.
1: Okay. Yeah. And uh, Demetrius now, with his uh, arrival at USA Hockey, is he going to be able to make this trip with you? It doesn't
0: look like it, um, which is fine. It'll, it'll allow us. We know where he's going to fit in, you yeah. know, and, and he's going to have a huge role no matter what. And so... It allows us to look at other guys, you know, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Do I wish I had him? Absolutely. But this is a, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for Como that he's he's worked really hard for. And, um, you know, he goes there and makes the team. If he gets released early, there's a chance he could join us over there. Right. Um, but, but I'm not counting on that. Okay, so we talked about uh,
1: the guys that are going to be playing. Let's talk a little bit about your goaltenders and what that means to you as a coach. To get a chance to see these guys a little early,
0: yeah, and they're all going to play over there. Um, you know, the all three goalies will get time and and allow us to get get a good look at them, and, and that's going to be the position everybody. I mean, not just right. me, but but everybody's going to be really paying close attention to to see who who uh, who evolves as the guy. You know, we, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not I, in a perfect world. You don't want to be a goaltending by committee. You want a guy to step up and, and take the bull by the horns and, and win the net and, and be that guy. And so that's what we're looking for. I know they're all three capable. They've all proven that they can be that guy. Um, Evan was unbelievable in his last year in, in Prince George and um, you know, and uh, almost won the BCHL championship. Uh, Justin, obviously, just won almost won the USHL championship, took his team to the finals. And then Max, when he played in the North American League, did win. The, the league championship, the Robertson Cup, when he was a starter in Lone Star. So they've all proven they can win. They're all very hungry and motivated to, to come in and, and uh, advance our program as, as starting goalies. You know, I think I know you well enough to
1: know that uh, you're very well scheduled and you know what you're going to do, but how unusual and, and is it difficult or challenging when you're going to have a camp, play for a couple of weeks, come back, be off, then start another camp, and then get into the regular season uh, in October. Is that difficult for you as a coach for the guys?
0: No, I think it's a huge advantage. I mean, we're going to be able to focus on so many more things once school starts right? um, and and knock out a lot of the detail before the the China trip and then go to China and to have five games on film that we can evaluate and look at and dissect a little bit and use that in that camp for the month and a half, leading into our home openers against Mercyhurst. It's, it's you can't put a price tag on that value. It's it's gonna be tremendously valuable to us.
1: Okay, so China's out of the way. You're back here. You get your schedule lined up. You know what you're gonna be doing. You know the teams you are gonna be playing. How does this schedule, in your mind, line up with last year's schedule is it more
0: difficult the same what, what do you expect you just never know I mean it, it, on paper going into last season it, it literally looked like murder's road yeah. you know and, and, and it wasn't easy it was tough but but there were some historically dominant teams that ended up not having the seasons that they're used to having and and things happen. so you know I, I've learned that, that, that the hard way that there's literally no layups in college hockey and um we just got to approach everything the same way. We think that we truly believe, in, and our goal is, is to improve on our win total from last year, and we think we can do that.
1: A lot of guys looked at your schedule, and they said Anaheim at Christmas time. Tell me a little bit about how that came to play, and what was that the original plan, or did it kind of deviate off of what you guys had hoped? The
0: original plan was going to be a four-team tournament over there, um, and then, it, and then it, it kind of just evolved into a series with Harvard. Um, really, Harvard's done uh, their operations. Guy Sean O'Brien's done the lion's share, the the legwork, and setting this up. And um, I think it's a tremendous opportunity to go play a Division One game and a state that we really want to start recruiting heavily in and um, get the good exposure out there um, against a the, what probably is going to be a top ten team. Um, it, so it will be cool for us. It's an easy trip. It, it's I mean it's an hour flight and. Um, it's in our time zone, so we'll, we'll take that all day. All right, so you're looking at uh, everything that we talked about with the schedule and all those good things, but two things
1: that have been popping around now is uh, everybody's desire to have a, a winter classic here at Sun Devil Stadium. What's your thoughts on that? Is that, is that something that's more than a pipe dream?
0: I mean, we, we to us it's not. I mean, we, we've been talking about that for f- – four and a half years. Right. You know, so, so I mean, whatever, like, I mean, we want it to happen. Um, I think that before it's all said and done, I think we can probably make that happen sooner or later, sooner than later. Um, but, but what a setting it would be. Absolutely. I mean, it, it would be incredible. And, um, it's, it's, uh, it's something that has absolutely been discussed internally here. And a long time before it just got put out, um, in the media a few
1: weeks ago okay so before before you guys get into a new arena on campus there's a chance that you might play on campus <laughs> is that fair what do you mean before you guys get an arena oh, on we, campus oh, well, you yeah. might play at sun devil yeah, stadium on campus if you put it that way it is <laughs> it,
0: it is fair but I don't think I mean the winter class is scheduled out for a couple of years right so right. we're not looking in the next two three years but but in the next five six it, it should be a, it could be a possibility it, a lot of it is up to the NHL and and uh, obviously if if they wanted to make that happen here I think we have the administration that that has proven that they're open to new and exciting things and and, and we have the venue for it. I mean, the the redone Sun Devil Stadium is incredible. It's fantastic.
1: And, uh, It'd be perfect for hockey, it actually. It really
0: would. It really would. So it's exciting to think about.
1: It really is. All right. So let's wrap things up on two notes. Uh, the first note will be easy for you because you're probably going to tell me the same thing you always tell me when I ask you about the arena. Still in progress. Still plans. Uh, everything seems to be rolling in the right direction. And we're hoping for shovels
0: soon? Yeah, we're hoping for shovels in September. Um and, uh, but yeah, the guys upstairs, they're, they're grinding it out, you know, dotting and I's and crossing T's and, um, and again, yeah, it, it, at the end of the day, like I've learned over these first four and a half years, like control what you can control, you right. know, and, 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 uh, embrace what we have and focus on what we have, not what we don't have. And that's what we're going to continue to do. And, and we expect to, uh, continue to improve and, and not make excuses because that thing's not, not built yet. I would be totally neglectful if I didn't
1: congratulate you on the Frank Cush coach's honor. Um, for those that don't know about ASU and the tradition here and everything, A, shame on them. And second of all, um, what an honor for your peers to select you as the uh, coach of the year here at ASU. Congratulations, and what does it mean to you?
0: Well, Thank you. It means a lot. I think that there is, and I said it, if there is an award that um, that I would be eligible to win. This would for sure be the one I would pick. Um because of how much this place means to me. And, and I know Frank, I, I knew Frank well. I mean, he, he was the first coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Right. And, and I'm from <laughs> Indy, and he got to know members of my family very well throughout that process. And when I came to ASU as a student, um, interacted with, with Coach Kush quite a bit. Um, he came to our, our, our golf outings and we were uh, an ACHA program and we sold foursomes with him. Um, and he would come to the rink and watch practice. And I remember he walked into my office one day, and it was a dingy old locker room with, I mean, literally rats running through it from, from day to day. And I had a, a sofa in there from the Goodwill that I went and got and just plopped in there. And there's nails coming out of it. And he looks, he's like, "This is your office," and I said, "Yeah." And he goes, "Well, you know what? My office was a lot worse than this when I started." So I'll never forget that. He, he was just a, a down-to-earth, hard-nose old school guy that, um, he's the standard here, you know, and, and to win an award with, with his name on it, um, is, is a tremendous honor for me. And then obviously to take it a step further and to have, uh, you know, the fellow head coaches here with so many world-class head coaches like, like Herm and Bobby and Bob Bowman and Charlie Turner Thorne and Zeke Jones and on and on, um, is, is a tremendous honor.
1: I think that's got a lot to do with the Sun Devil tradition and the pride. And, you know, what Ray Anderson has done here is built something that's second to none, if you ask me, and you're firsthand in it. How important is Ray to this university?
0: I mean, he's, he's, I've been around here a lot longer than people know. I mean, I've, I've been here essentially since 1995. Seen a lot of athletic directors come in and out and, and generally this has been used as a, as a stepping stone to get to what someone would deem is something bigger and better and, and that's just not how Ray thinks he's come here from day one and this is the bigger better this is you know his his blank canvas and, and everything that he's done um, you know to build this into what it is and, and, and if you asked him He's not even halfway there this is where he wants to be and 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 i'm just incredibly fortunate from a timing standpoint that i get to be a part of it all right final thing for you is give us as you can a little breakdown
1: of what's happening on the the trip to china when do you guys get on the ice for the first time to to practice what's the logistics of it
0: yeah i mean first team meeting is going to be july 20th huh? um and then that that entire week after that we'll be on the ice every day and we we'll almost run a literally a training camp um and then uh and then we have sun Devil hockey academy uh that that weekend so that our players will work at the academy and be around all the campers and the, the kids coming in to be a part of that um and we're going to practice around the academy as well so the kids that are at the academy can see our guys practice which i think a lot of uh, a lot of people really like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and then and then the academy ends on Sunday, the twenty eighth, and the next morning we're out of here. We fly to Beijing.
1: And when do you get back from the the whole adventure? Runs it's a
0: thirteen day trip, so eleven days there, two of them are travel days. So it's the uh, we leave on the 29th, and we get back thirteen days later.
1: Okay, so when you're back, then you're done for a little while again
0: until. We've we got about to say. a 10-day lapse before classes start, so the guys will just recoup and get back on this time zone. They'll have their voluntary ice, which we can't be a part of. Um, and then the first day of classes starts, and it's business as usual.
1: Coach, I appreciate your time as always. It's been a busy summer for you. It's been a very productive summer for you, and we
0: can't wait to see what things look like on the ice. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Hey, Michael here from M-Drive.
1: All right. I hope everybody enjoyed the uh, the third part of my visit with Coach Powers this summer. Like you said, he's a very busy man. He's been a lot of different places. I had to throw a little humor in there about his new uh, – his new guy that he's got in the training room slash equipment room in, in Al the Labrador, <laughs> because that, that's that been a story. Every, it seems like every team now has got a, a mascot dog, but Al is something else. He's growing up right before their very eyes and, and those paws are getting bigger and he's starting to wander around, but he's still a puppy and it's Peter Zong, said so he still likes to chew on everything they got.
2: Yeah. Well, as long as he doesn't chew on the sticks, right. And the gloves and <laughs> right. the goalie pads yeah. and, so push, right. <laughs> so on, you know, that's a problem, but, you know. Okay,
1: so so let's get into this. The guys reported uh, Saturday night, Sunday they went on the ice, and they got their first practice in. Uh, they're not at their normal practice times, I'll tell you that, first and foremost, because they're going from 12 to 2 Pacific time, because there is another uh, camp going on at uh, at Oceanside Ice Arena, so that's a youth camp for the most part.
2: Yeah, but so that doesn't back really- Go ahead. It doesn't matter. There's no school. I don't have to worry about going to class. I don't have to worry about just, any of stuff, that. so it doesn't really matter.
1: Coach Power said that was one of the best parts about this is that they're here focusing only on hockey, right? So they've been doing their, their training with Leanne. Uh, they've been doing their on-ice stuff for two hours. They've been scrimmaging. They've been it's been very feisty okay the guys have been going at it hard uh tuesday when when the media was allowed to watch practice and and do some video stuff uh, a lot of things caught my eye i'll throw out a couple of things and let you elaborate on a little bit but uh, you and i have talked off camera about this but the lineup this year much deeper much deeper uh, offensively, they're going to roll four-plus lines at you, when meaning some of the guys aren't going to get in the lineup, as we mentioned earlier. But there's a lot of talent. And I think where games are going to be won this season for the Sun Devils offensively is, A, they're going to score more goals, and B, you're going to see goals coming from the third and maybe even the fourth line because the, I think that their lineup this year, and Coach Powers told me that earlier, that he built this lineup to be, or this roster to be deeper. That's what he really wanted deeper and more talented. And now I think the second, third, and fourth lines of the Sun Devils are going to outcompete and outperform most other teams, second, third, and fourth lines.
2: Well, first of all, you have to figure in your head, uh, even if you just go by what they put out there that first uh, couple of days of practice in terms of line combinations. Um, where you had uh, Jordan Sandu was playing a lot on the first line. Now he's playing on what really might be the equivalent, uh, if you looked at the lines, the way they were set up in that first day of practice, without Demetrius Koumenzis in it, on what you would look at as maybe the third or the fourth line. So, right. So right there, that tells you something. In terms of what the coach is thinking and and how the he thinks the roster is going to shake up, uh, and it's going to probably put some guys in places that they fit better. Okay, absolutely, uh, I mean, absolutely. You know, and we know obviously because Cummins is not going to be there that these combinations, uh, even if they stick with these in China, which the coach said he's not going to do you heard him in the segment, he says this yep. will give them a chance to mix up the lines and mix and match. Um, for the most part, I think you'll see a lot of different combinations, uh, especially up front. Um, you know, if Logan Genuine comes in and shows why last year he scored 60 goals, uh, that will give them automatically a second line with a with, with a sniping threat on it. And that's something they really didn't have last year. Last year, you expected whatever line Johnny Walker was on to do most of the scoring because that's what they did. That was what he, you know, he's their goal scorer. He's their sniper. And now if they have a second guy that can do that, now you can't focus as the other team your top defense against them all the time. Now you have to actually pick your poison. So – Uh, Kuman East developing and once again as we said last week the coach got word from Calgary that he was their best player in their development camp Um, you know what that would translate to in a September training camp who knows Uh, but he's off at the world junior training camp right now and that experience as well will be a giant uh, lesson and lessons and and improve his game even that much more playing against those types of players. So uh, they've got so much coming back in terms of where guys can be up front uh, that now guys look like they will be where they're supposed to be. Uh, I've said it before to you on this podcast, and many of the things that we do that I think – say, for example, that Austin Lemieux was always uh, whether we did it or not and we didn't uh, had unrealistic expectations put on him. Now as a third line winger or a fourth line winger, he kind of fit his game kind of fits what those kinds of parts in your roster in your lineup do. But he's gonna have to fight for playing time too.
1: Absolutely. There's going to be a lot of competition for playing time, but um, a couple of things that I want to say about the ASC program that I've noticed over the five years now that starting the fifth year of, uh, of this program is coach powers has been straightforward from the very beginning. The first year he told me he was going to have to play big, strong and physical with older players because he had a mix in the hybrid season. The second year he said he had more talent, but in his estimation, not enough talent to, uh, to, to really win games. He he was working more on competitiveness. The third year, he said, okay, now I've got some talent. We'll win some games and surprise some people. He did. In the last year, year four, year four last year. Oh, you're counting said, the
2: hybrid season.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. And, and year four last year, he told me, this is the first time I've got a full NCAA roster, meaning he had a full – complement of players on scholarship and a full complement of players that were ncaa level players this year the words that he gave me was we've enhanced that ncaa roster to create more depth and make the team better all the way across the board amen to that okay Um, i also want to throw out that brinson passion the captain is determined um confident more than ever, not only in his own abilities and his uh, defensive partner, Josh Maniscalco's abilities, but he really thinks, in his words, that winning a national championship is attainable. Uh, I think we all looked at him in the press conference and said, mm, Brinson, where you been? You been up to uh, Washington or, or Nevada or somewhere, one of those states? Because I, I don't know. But when you see that, and again, this is July, so take it for what it's worth. But I also said last year in July that Johnny Walker looked better. He was going to be a big-time goal scorer. I thought the camaraderie of the team last July was pretty good. The one day that I've seen them on the ice so far, this is a top-caliber team. I'm not going to come out quite yet and say that they're going to win the Frozen Four. But I am going to say I have a feeling they're going to make the Frozen Four. I left you speechless. Just exactly what I was trying to do. Uh,
2: I will leave the predicting up to you.
1: Yeah, I knew you would.
2: (laughs) um, I'm worried about October 5th against Mercyhurst, and I will go from there. Um, What?
1: You've forgotten all about the KHL teams? uh,
2: I haven't. I haven't. We can talk about that in a second, because that will um, be a... These will not be normal exhibition games, uh, you know. As I said in the first segment, um, these games will be these college kids uh, playing against men. Yes. These these are twenty yep. three year old college kids okay. playing men. Yes, playing <laughs> professional. They're playing yep. against professionals. Uh, they're not NHL players, but they are professionals. Um, they they do play in various professional leagues uh, between the the KHL and I'm not a hundred percent sure what BHL stands for, but that's where the other three teams play in. Um, and so these are not going to be cakewalks. Um, they're going to be forced to play. If if I was playing, and I'm not obviously I don't have that skill, but my mindset going into these games. Um, even if I was one of the guys where I don't have to worry about my spot on the roster and we know who those guys are. We're not going to, yes. we don't need to. Okay. There's plenty of the, but I don't want to be embarrassed. Right. I, exactly. I, I don't want to be, I want to go out there and I'm going to bust my rear end because a, these games are going to be on film and the coaches are watching and B, I don't want to be embarrassed. I, I don't, I don't want to go out there, make this trip around the world or three quarters of the way around the world and go out on the ice and not play as hard as I can. So uh, that's going to be some good stuff for the coaches to see. And if you're those players that six to 10 players at the bottom of the roster, you're playing for your roster spot right away. You've got four games to earn your roster spot before that game against Mercyhurst and Oceanside in October, where if you want to make that opening night roster and that opening night lineup, here's your first chance to see it because um, you don't well, normally get these chances.
1: And I'll tell you, that was evident in the first practice. They, they knew that this was going to be a tough competition at every level. We talked about the, uh, the forward group. We'll talk about defense in a minute. But uh, just to kind of uh, highlight what's going to happen, when they fly into China, and this is by design, they're going to rest and recover for a day or two, but then they're going to play a game. And you've got the schedule, I know. Uh, They're going to play games basically the first five days that they're there, uh, five or six days. And then they're going to do their cultural things, which they have a ton planned. Uh, that'll be at the end of it. So they'll get their hockey out of the way. They'll do the cultural things. Then they'll fly back, get their legs under them, and then get ready to start school and start for real in September.
2: Yeah, well, the, the, the schedule, and I assume that when they put these on the the, the website that these are are the days are local days. Yeah, I, I and, don't know and the, times. I, I and can't times. keep track. Yeah, I it's can't. It's mountain standard time on all of them. Yeah, well, so they'll they'll play the Friday, the Saturday after they get there, and then the Monday and Tuesday after they get there. So they're playing four games and five nights. So everybody's going to play. Oh, yes.
1: Everybody's, everybody's going to
2: play. Um, uh, unless, of course, you're one of the two guys that's out. And, um, you know, you know, I've been a fan of Max Balanson's since he got here, and it must be killing him. Yeah, to be walking be around on
1: crutches is not a lot of fun. So it's, no,
2: and when is
1: killing him and this you know and coach power said everybody's going on the trip, he just won't play. So
2: Yeah, I mean, so so you're starting out behind if you're Max, you're starting yes. out behind the other eight guys because you can't get on the ice. And I don't you gonna you're gonna, you're gonna have practice, you're gonna have practice, but you're not gonna be in a game. Whereas the other three guys that you're basically competing for, shall we say at this point, two spots?
1: Yeah. Is,
2: is that realistic? Um,
1: Very realistic. Let's, let's go uh, through them. We got okay. Josh Maniscalco and Brinson Paschnik on the top line combination. As we beat uh, the dead horse for a while, that's not going to change, and that'll be a lot of minutes uh, designated for those two.
2: Well, as – You know, as much as the coach likes to rotate players, these guys are going to get more playing time than the others. First of all, they're going to be out there killing penalties. So that automatically puts them uh, on the ice more than a regular shift. Uh, They'll be at some point on the power play, whether they play it together or they play it separate units, that adds to the playing time. Uh, The other four spots won't see as much playing time because not because they may or may not be able to do it, but they're not, they're, they're clearly not the top two guys who are going to get more shifts, especially late in games when the games are on the line. So these things kind of add up. um, And you've got uh, the other four spots which may or may not be mixed. I'm sure that the coach is going to experiment with all of those combinations as well.
1: He will. Um, uh, Gavito Janssens, the big uh, Latvian, he's going to be there. Jared Gorley is going to be there. Um, the new assistant captain in um, – uh, Jacob Blank. Jacob Wilson, good one. Thanks for catching me. No problem. Um,
2: That's what team do. Connor
1: Stewart. Look for Connor Stewart to make a uh, – a big step and a big push for a spot in that lineup. And like I told you when I looked on the ice, Jack Judson is, uh, is something else on defense. And I just saw him, he arrived a little late. So this was his first day on Tuesday on the ice. And he immediately made an impact. I mean, it stood out like a sore thumb. Well, how good that player is defensively.
2: Well, I, 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 I've said this uh, to a number of people, including you and, you know, not on camera or up behind the microphone coach loves judson oh you could see it you (laughs) could see it you could see it when he talks about him and obviously i haven't seen him in person or 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 on the ice yet but when you hear the way the coach talks about him when you see the coach's face when he talks about him it lights up and you know it's uh it's it's clear that the coaches love him and And so I I look for him to to just because somebody's got to play those spots, uh, you know that tells me that he's going to get the first shot. And you know, based on what you said, you've seen um, it could be what well be a spot that never gets relinquished. Um, Yeah, I think that uh, one of the telltale signs of this team's defensive core. Uh, just based on what was, is I got to see what happens with Jared Gourley. Yeah. Jared Gourley is the one guy who's got unique skills uh, in this decor that the other guys don't have and can never have because you can't teach six, sucks. four, you can't teach <laughs> right. six, four and you can't teach two twenty five. And uh, if he stays out of the penalty box,
1: yeah
2: okay and is over that freshman sort of up and down that most of them have that will be a big big step for him and this team especially since the questions behind him will take a while to be answered
0: yeah
1: okay So we talk forwards. We talk defensemen. we got to save something for August, too. But let's uh, let's talk briefly about the three goaltenders because uh, they were very competitive as well. I'm sure you saw the pictures on social media. They all have a different set of pads, different style of maroon and gold from CCM, which was really kind of cool. It was, as it always is, beginning of the year to see guys in different helmets. I mean, the Brower was pretty – You know, you could see he was a sun devil already, right? Right. But you see, you see Max come in, and he's got the terrier on the side of his mask. It looked a little weird. And then you see Justin had his his uh, uh, junior team logo on his mask. The new ones are here. I understand, and we'll be ready for China.
2: Uh, I I actually saw. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. I actually
2: saw on Twitter today they posted a picture of uh, Project's new mask. Yeah with sun devils and lightning bolts on it and those sorts of things. It looked pretty cool, but I'm sure it looks better in person than it does in a picture. So,
1: Well, once the season gets started and we're able to get in there regularly, I want to see, uh, and I want to try to capture a photo of the three goaltenders because I know you brought this up to me yesterday, but there is a substantial size difference. You go from big, medium to small right down the list, or large, medium, small if you wish, but uh, there is a difference. Coach brought that up in the press conference that, that Max, uh, in his words, fills up the net so there's not much area to shoot at when you're looking at the net and him in front of it. Right. And then you also commented about Justin and uh, Justin Robbins and and his ability to be very quick or he better be.
2: He better be. I mean, listen, I mean, this, is, this is, you know, this is not a knock, obviously, because um, a guy that's 5'9 or 5'10 – is normal size. It's just when you're against hockey players who are usually bigger than that, you know, and you just watch him crouch down in the net. It just is eye popping. Yeah, it's it's it it's eye popping. It I just I was like, whoa, <laughs> you know, you on the end of the uh, video that I you. I think you put sent out, me
1: an emoji about him
2: about his size. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it just was like eye catching, and and I don't know if it's because I wasn't looking for it, and all of a sudden I saw it. But there, you know, but I've been told that he's very athletic. So very athletic
1: and, um, and very solid. And, and coach was very happy. Uh, in the press conference, he said he was very happy with all three of them. Brinson mm-hmm. paschnik said it's it's kind of fun because there's all three goaltenders can be the number one. Coach does not expect it to be a a uh, goaltending by committee. He expects it to be somebody who's going to stand out. Uh, I think you and I talked off camera about maybe a 1 and a 1A. Uh, I think Justin is going to have a little bit of learning curve. He's going to need a little time and maybe, you know, being the third goaltender this year would, and I don't want to take anything away from him because obviously no, he's cheats some great things, but I think right. he might be the guy that that has to learn a little bit more. I mean, project obviously you don't get recruited to Boston university as a goaltender if, if you're not pretty
2: darn good. Right. And he and, was and, just
1: in a numbers game. He couldn't get into the lineup because the guy in front of him was an NHLer,
2: right. Jake Ottinger was, is, was one of the best goalies in college hockey. And, he he, was, he know, was one
1: of the best in, in under 20,
2: Yeah, you know, because so, he
1: played in the World Juniors and right. was the best goaltender there. Yeah. yeah.
2: And, and and the one thing that Justin has that the other two guys don't have is time.
1: Yep.
2: Justin's a freshman. And just by the normal course of things, um, as a freshman, uh, you know, the, the, just the normal course of things has the older players getting their shot first. It's a seniority thing. It's right. It's not right, whatever the case might be. Um, But, you know, I'm pretty sure that Evan's going to get the first shot to win the job just because he's been here. And that's not a knock And Everybody does that. That's, you know, maybe it's right. Maybe it's wrong. I don't know. Um, But the coach is probably, you know, the coach is going to play whoever whoever earns the playing time, you know. And that's. Go ahead. You know that's that's what I these that's off. what these guys. Yeah, well, you wouldn't be the first guy. Um, that you know that's what these games are for too. The pressure's on the goalies too, but they have double pressure. One, they have two other guys to beat out, and two, they have to replace thirty-five uh, who's not here anymore, and uh, he's collecting a paycheck. So it, it's, yep. it's it's double trouble for these three guys.
1: Okay. So that leads me into just kind of recapping this whole segment, as far as what we're talking about with players, this is the thing that I've noticed. And again, keep in mind, this is July. I said this last July, I'll tell you again, what I see in September and then we'll talk as we go down the season on our weekly podcast. But in July, here's how I see the Sunday hockey team looking. I think the, uh, the forwards are going to score more. I threw this out there. I know it's bold last year. They scored 109 goals. I would not be surprised to see them double that total. And everybody said, oh, goodness, don't say double. That's a lot. Well, I can tell you right now that it's not just the talented goal scorers they have, but it's matching up those goal scorers against the opposition. And I'm not talking line one or two. I'm talking about three and four. When those guys get out there, they're going to dominate because I do believe that Coach Powers might have two number ones and two number twos and no three or four. I think that's how good that offense looks. Okay. Uh, So there's your offensive uh, comment. Your thought on that?
2: Um, I think they'll definitely score more. I don't know if I will be as bold as you and say they'll double their goal output, but that's just me. You know, it is, (laughs) it is what, um, do, do I think it's realistic to say that, uh, Johnny Walker will score another 20 goals? Yeah. Is it realistic to say that uh, uh, Demetrius Kumenzis will double what he scored last year? I, I, I'd I kind of be surprised uh, if he didn't. Um, like I said, Logan Genuine, he scored 60. Uh, I don't want to sit here and say, oh, wow, he's going to score 20. But
1: yeah.
2: 10? 10 to 15? Oh, I don't think yeah. that's unrealistic. And they didn't get that from too many players last year, exactly. having that second, third, and fourth player that hit double digits and goals. Um, and so you add that in to another year of experience for Jordan Sandu, P.J. Morocco, uh, Dominic, Garcia, Mew, Dominic Garcia, Austin. You know, I think these guys...
1: Uh,
2: I think these guys will give them, you know, anywhere from two to five goals more than they got last year just because they're playing against uh, different line combinations.
1: So let, let's let's go on the high end. Let's say there's five more from everybody. How many forwards do you have on your team?
2: Well, you're playing 12.
1: Okay. How many defensemen uh, do you have on your team?
2: You're playing six.
1: Uh, that's 18. Yeah. 18 times five.
2: That would be really- 40. But you're not getting that many goals from defensemen. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's come on seriously. i you No, 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 okay, no, no, no not forty Okay,
1: you're not a math teacher, I know it, but no, no, that's not forty. It's, it's forty.
2: Eighteen, 18 and, times five is what I times said. Five is yeah. Well, that's forty. Uh, it's, uh, it's ninety goals. They ain't getting that many goals from defensemen. Um, okay. They're just. They're not. They're just okay. not. Just, you know, this, we got the, this. Is recorded, so we'll look yeah, back I don't on care. it. Okay. I hope I'm wrong. I hope that Brinson scores 15 and Josh scores 10 and Gorley well, Wilson, et cetera, that they get seven to 10 goals me, apiece. That'll be great. That'll be well, awesome. Let me tell you,
1: th- let me tell you this. I, I sent out a tweet to your, your, my good friend, uh, BC buck 29. And, uh, when I sent him the message last night, I said, and he was going like, la, 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 la. Don't tell me anything. I don't want to hear it. La. <laughs> I said in my predictions, he said he was with me except for the doubling of the goal total. Anyway, we'll leave it at, we'll leave it at that. Uh, this, defensively, my evaluation in July of the defense is they will reduce their goals against by a goal a game. Because you will not see the number of shots, I promise you this. You will not see the number of shots on goal that you saw last year. There were times when they, when Joey DeCord got barraged by uh, yeah. by shots on goal. That is not going to happen with this lineup. And I don't care if you got to go all the way to the number nine defenseman. They have a knack already of playing defense first. And then play an offense. Even Brinson said that in the press conference. you know, we're here to play defense first, but we think the best way to play defense is to have the puck on the offensive end. So I really expect that that goals against will drop tremendously.
2: Well, listen, I'll, I'll settle for half a goal. Okay. I'll settle for half a goal. So if, yeah. you're, if you're now uh, increasing your goals per game scored by half a goal, and decreasing your goals against by half a goal, which is, uh, maybe it's loft I haven't sit here. And clearly, I'm not a math major, so I haven't <laughs> been able to do the math. But that's usually going to help you win a lot more games than you won the year before. So,
1: Okay, so that leads me into the goaltending. Last year, we had, for much of the season, the shutout leader in all of college hockey and Joey Decord. Um, I'm going to go on the limb right now and say there's not going to be a lot of shutouts. There'll be a few.
2: Wait, wait, We will... agree on something? Wait, yeah, what?
1: We do. Yeah, wait, we agree on gonna... this one. There will what? not be a lot of shutouts. The goaltending will be not the strength, but it'll be above average. Let's put it that way. So they are, I don't think the goaltending is going to lose you games, but I don't think they're going to be joy to court and win you games.
2: Well, certainly Fair? not. I don't think that'll happen right away. You might, towards the end of the season, as somebody takes the job, have a game here, a game there, where um, the the goalies steal you a game. But, you know, going into the season, you're not looking for that. You're just looking for the goalies this year, at least at the start of the season, to make the routine play, to make the routine save, and not give up the soft goal. And if they do that, they'll be fine. Um, All right. The other adjustment that's going to have to be made for fans, too, with your eyes, there's not three defensemen on the ice anymore. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah. There's a goaltender and two defensemen.
2: they the goalie and two defensemen on the ice. So, yeah.
1: Um, I expect that to get better as, a, as the season gets on, gets along. But there is only one Joey Decord, and I don't think anybody would come close to to doing what he did. We, we'll probably never see that as a Sun Devil again. Uh-huh. Certainly not
2: handling the puck. Let's let's put it that way.
1: Nope. So uh, all this thrown into a big ball now, and I mixed it up, and guess what I came up with, Paul? 23?
2: No,
1: 24. It's going to take a magic number of 24 to get it Uh, done this year. I said the magic number last year was 22. They got 21. They still got into the tournament. We all sweated it out in Minnesota, wondering if there was going to be enough. Um, This year's schedule, well, it's not a cake schedule by any stretch. It is, in the pairwise mind, a little easier. Uh, We already talked about the schedule a couple of weeks ago. It's not quite as daunting on paper at least to start the year as it was last year. Um, Coach Power said that in our interview. He said last year's schedule was a gauntlet and people thought they were crazy to even play it. Uh, that's not the same this year. The teams that they're playing are not the same caliber week after week after week as they were last year. There's some teams, we've talked about them, Minnesota State, we've talked about Denver. We, you know, So there's there's some quality in there, but there's also some teams that in my estimation, You must beat if you expect to get to that total. And I think 24 is a reasonable number to expect if you want to get in as an independent.
2: Well, as, as long as we're, we're in that mindset, um, in the spot with the coach that we had earlier in the show, um, you were talking about the schedule with the coach and the coach said that, uh, he learned the hard way uh, <laughs> that there were no weekends off in college hockey, and yes, exactly. and and this is just me trying to interpret what he meant. Um, it could be, and we talked about that Omaha series last year in Omaha mm-hmm. after ASU uh, drubbed them twice at Oceanside. Is it possible? that those players went into those two games, especially the Friday game. Yeah. A little bit overconfident because they clearly were the better team on the Saturday, even though they lost, they got beat by the goalie. But is it entirely possible that that's what the coach is talking about? I could be wrong. This is just my interpretation of what he said.
1: No, so, I, I agree. I agree totally. And, and what I'm bringing up is every weekend tough in college hockey. But I'm talking about from the pairwise point of view, the way they rank this team because right. again, as we all know, we're not in a conference, so this has to be done independently and independently means quality wins, and it means a number of wins i mean you're not you're not gonna get the luck of the draw if you finish with twenty wins.
2: No, got, last
1: year we found out they had to get twenty one against the quality schedule pairwise ranking uh and they did, and they got in. but I think this year they have to be single digits and loss. I don't well, think they can have double digit losses.
2: Well, it also means not losing games that you shouldn't lose. Right. I exactly. mean, and I'm not Listen, they've got four games against the Alaska schools, even the two games up there. Those are games you can't afford to lose because those will kill you in the pairwise. Unless yeah. these two, unless these teams are better than we think, okay? Losing games to those teams will kill you. In the yeah. Pairwise. Yeah, There'll be no and recovery be, from
1: those losses. And you got to be ready from day one because Mercyhurst, yeah. you can't lose to them at home either.
2: No, I mean, you let's look at last
1: it's They were 12 and 2 at home. Yeah. Uh, the Sun Devils. So. Yeah. so, okay. So I think we covered everything. You All gave right, us got, a schedule. What
2: else just, you got? Got just a couple of things uh, off of uh, what the coach said uh, um, uh, in, in the spot. Uh, some of it we can kind of predict, and some of it. Uh, um, Um, The the coach talked about shovels, uh, hopefully, Uh, in September. I didn't miss that. No,
1: no, Um, no. Wait, 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 wait. He didn't say hopefully.
2: I'm saying hopefully.
1: He said shovels in the ground in September. First time he's ever told me that. No, no expected. Hopefully. Hopefully.
2: No, he said yes. Well, I'll go back and – I'm saying (laughs) hopefully because – when I see them, them. Okay? but that is, and my point being is,
1: and we're talking about the new arena. When we say shovels in the ground for those that think we're you crazy. you said I
2: did. I'm just talking about shovels. Yep.
1: I'm not. No, we're talking about a new arena on campus right next to Wells Fargo. Part of the Wells Fargo renovations is adding a new multi-purpose facility, which will have four to 5,000 seats and uh, will be glorious I'd like to see the number stick to forty-two, forty-two for obvious reasons. But um, whatever they come up with is is going to be fantastic. And coach says shovels in the ground September. I'm going to be at his doorstep on the end of August and kind of following around to see where the shovels hand are. Hand him
2: the shovel? You're going to hand him his shovel no, to stay here? Coach. No, i just
1: do watch. I, I don't yeah, want to be involved. I'm not. That's not,
2: much. I'm, not <laughs> I'm not. I am not. Like I said, when I see it, okay. I'll believe it. Um, All right. I did. I did. Kind of. I was very amused by your playing on campus before you play on campus. Uh, uh, yeah. that, was, that was really was <laughs> Just got nice. him on that one. He had yeah, the he, he was like, oh, yeah, no, I was, uh, yeah. um, that, was uh, that was good. Uh, I, I think if the Coyotes yeah, situation. Had, for those
1: that don't know, we're talking about an outdoor game, possibility with a winter classic. We all think it would be wonderful. The Coyotes and Golden Knights played an NHL uh, game there and then had uh, a college game. Uh, being played with ASU and somebody um, and somebody
2: wouldn't listen, it wouldn't be the first time. Um, usually they have uh, they have had plenty of college games connected with the Winter Classic in other places. Um, I th- I think in Boston they still do it every year, whether the Winter Classics at Fenway yeah. Park or not. So um, you know that that would be kind of an exciting thing. And the other thing that the uh, uh, the coach said that and, and I'd like I would love to get more uh, from him on this um, in terms of the two games against Harvard in Anaheim. He said uh, that, you know, they want to start recruiting California heavily. And that kind of caught me off guard because I'm like, I mean, you're not doing that now. All right. and, and and I don't know what to me that
1: could be. I I can give you a little clarification. I think on that is that I don't think it's that they aren't doing it. I think they'd like a stronger foothold in that part of the country. So I believe they are recruiting there, but I think he'd like it to be like um, what he's getting. Like he doesn't want a good Arizona kid to leave. He doesn't want a potential Arizona kid to take an NCAA spot somewhere else. He wants to get that way in California too. He wants a California kid that may be targeted to go out east, to go. Oh no, no, no! I'm going to Arizona State. Well, so I, see, this that's is, what he wants—a stronger foothold.
2: Well, like I said, this is this is the 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 question that you know, following up on on what you said. The question I have, uh, because I don't know how this works, and I know that as the ACHA coach, he had a lot of connections and a lot of uh, feelers always out up in Western Canada and. You know, I'm just assuming that my initial thought was, well, wait a second, Uh, maybe it takes uh, time to build up that that uh, recruiting tree that those recruiting connections, Uh, you know, um, um, it, it just it sounded odd to me that the one West coast school uh, is going to try and recruit California more heavily. And I know it's not football and baseball and basketball, but um, they have had uh, uh, more and more players coming out of California. So it just, it just hit me as odd. And, and, you know, hopefully I'll get a chance. I think your, I
1: think your clarification part of it is heavily versus, um, not at all, right? I mean, they want a deeper presence. It doesn't mean that they're not recruiting heavily. I just don't think they've had the they're so young. The program is so right. new that and a lot of these kids that are there, um, you know, are also former NHLers kids and stuff like that that have seen their dads play on the East Coast and in NHL cities and you know, they respect Boston, they respect, you know, Minnesota playing in North Dakota. Going to uh, Detroit or uh, New York City, and you know, what I mean, so I think that's that's probably more. But that's another topic. We'll get into that in August sometime.
2: Well, Anything yeah, especially else? since you just brought. Yeah, I was going to say you you just brought up something that uh, I think we'll save for a show that's not quite <laughs> this long, uh, in terms of ex uh, NHL players' uh, right. families. <laughs> uh, I think we'll uh, because there are some. You know obviously uh, they can't really talk about it but we can um some interesting um aspects to some of this and um like i said we'll save that for a time when it's a little when where you don't have quite as much material
1: absolutely which will be uh never but anyway we'll (laughs) (laughs) we'll, we'll talk about it in august um so Let's wrap it up by uh, wishing the Devils uh, a safe flight and a safe return and an enjoyable trip in China. I know they're very high on the cultural part of it. They really want to get them to experience the things out there and come back more culturally developed, but they also want to come back with a lot of tape. I think Coach has said that about a dozen times so far uh, in the time that I've been around them, is that the tape is invaluable. Watching the guys play against nhl or professional caliber players finding out who's in the right spot this early allows him to have a much different training camp in september so final th- uh, shout out to uh to peter zong who i don't know if you heard this but he went home after the season flew back because wow. he wanted to be here for training camp and he came in additional 10 days before the training camp he told me to uh, get his legs under him and make sure that he was in peak condition for the training camp. He knows how difficult this roster is to crack. So he went to China, flew back to China, or back to the U.S., did this training camp. Now he's going with the team back to China, and then he's going to come back with the team to start the season. So kudos to, uh, to Peter Zong, because if that's not dedication, I don't know what is.
2: Well, I'll tell you what dedication is, Scott. Look, I, Once again, I don't know if it's left or right, but look there, and uh, – Terry, that's dedication and that's toughness. And for those of you that don't know, uh, uh, we had a little uh, mishap uh, on Tuesday night um, uh, with uh, Scott's wife, who a lot of people have been asking me about. And uh, we are happy to say that uh, they don't come much tougher and and now she's probably getting all red in the face and embarrassed. Well, and...
1: He, here's the thing: she can't hear a word you're saying because I have my headphones on.
2: Yeah, but oh, okay. I will
1: assure you that that she'll hear it, and she'll probably try to cut it out of the show. But
0: don't let her. Don't let her. Because <laughs> well,
1: no, I won't. I won't let her. She she's a true gamer. Um, I'll tell you that I got a text message while she was in emergency room. My phone was going crazy, and one of them was from that team down south, as you like to say. The head coach got word of that uh, very quickly, and and he was – very very concerned as was several people i mean you've already talked about the number of people that reach out to you but yeah i want to throw that out there the 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 prayers and and thank yous from everybody and and concern messages because man it it just shows how big the hockey family is in the desert southwest but but also how small it is right i mean we reach a lot of people but you know who the real ones are when they start popping up you know less than an hour after an incident like that and it you know, I'm happy to say that she's on the mend. <laughs> it it wasn't anything um life threatening serious, although when you pass out and, and land on the floor, it, it, it can be very serious, as we found out. Um and it's gonna be some recovery time, but as you know, Paul, she already jumped into to working on stuff and she's gonna edit this thing up for us. So um I don't think somebody she's has to make nearly up as look scared through, of Scott. Yeah, she's not nearly as scared of me as she is of you. So when we got to get stuff done, it's like I got to get it done. Or Paul's going to be coming here from New York.
2: Scared of me? I'm easy. I'm an old old softie. So. Uh,
1: All right, let's wrap things up by saying uh, good luck, Sun Devils. It's uh, it's great to see hockey uh, in full swing in July and August, and just going to make for a sweeter season when we're talking about. Um, a Frozen Four appearance, possibly a national championship in April. So,
2: yeah, uh, I said October it. October 5th, Mercyhurst, Oceanside. Uh, <laughs> you're getting Magic a little Combers ahead of me. 24.
1: Magic number
2: 24. One. Here we go. Again. All right.
1: Good night, folks. Enjoy uh, Enjoy your day. Uh, as we prepare for another week of uh, College Hockey Southwest Weekly. I always have to thank the sponsors. we got our good friends over at College Bar and Grill who went over and above this week to help us out with our medical emergencies. So shout-out to the guys there for, for getting us an ambulance. A shout-out to the Tempe Fire Department and ambulance crew. They were a sensational. Got there in a hurry, got things taken care of and stabilized as quickly as humanly possible. Uh, shout-out to the doctors over at Tempe St. Luke's as they uh, did a – a great job as well and and you know i mean at the time it, to me it felt like things were going in slow motion but when i looked at my watch and realized it had only been a half an hour and and i watched the ambulance leave and believe it or not i was at the hospital about the same time the ambulance was so i might have had a little bit of a lead foot getting there but i i made it um not, and, and just- a shout out to to andrew bell and and uh Our other guests, Austin Palumbo on Hockey Talk in the Desert Southwest. And of course, Larry Gibson, who lost a segment of the show. But I promise we'll get that back because Larry's a wealth of knowledge as well. And of course, our friends at OxyPow, we can't do anything we do without OxyPow. And uh, of course, our friends. uh, um, M Drive? uh, With M Drive. Fact. With M Drive. uh, Without them, I would have probably been the one on the floor. So (laughs) (laughs) shout out to M Drive for keeping me upright. All right, that's it for today, folks. Scott Strandy, Paul Hornstein coming at you for College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Hear us anytime you want on Podbean, iTunes, anywhere you get your podcasts, College Hockey SW uh, Weekly, or you can actually get to us on our website as well, icetimehockeysw.com. Paul, we'll talk to you next week, and uh, keep your fingers crossed for no injuries when we're uh, playing in China.
2: We'll talk to you next week, and we always hope for no injuries for anybody, no matter what uniform they're wearing. Absolutely.